I'm trying to get somewhere. <laughs> I'm trying to get somewhere that's real and pure and true and eternal. Toby, can you go with your boy? Let's go. From the American Missionary Church, Apostle Joel Obobisa will inspire you with anointed, practical, and down-to-earth Bible-based teaching that will refresh, energize, and motivate you to do your best for God. Join the Apostle now as he ministers the Word of God. Thank you for today and thank you for another opportunity. We pray for the help and leading of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Wow, what a blessing. Yeah. It's a blessing. Amen. We thank God for um, today. Apart from today being my birthday. Thank you. Thank you for the celebration. This is beautiful. I like it. Thank you so much. Um, apart from that, today is Thanksgiving Sunday. Yeah. And um, we should not forget it. Amen. So the title of my message today is um, How to Celebrate a Birthday. <laughs> No, I'm going to share with you about the power of being thankful. Amen. The power of being thankful. Amen. Right. And Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Colossians chapter number 3. The verse is 15. Colossians 3, 15. 
and let the peace that comes from, okay, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which ye also are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Amen. Let the peace <laughs> of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Amen. Amen. Now, um, let's read the other version. Let's read the other version. Um, it says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Amen. Amen. We're called to live in peace. And he says, always, always be thankful. Amen. Amen. Now, um, th this uh, uh, message I'm sharing with you is such an important message because we're living in a time where one of the evils of our time is actually unthankfulness, according to the Bible. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 1, chapter 3 actually, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, the Bible says, the Bible says, this know also that in the last days there will be very difficult times Right? You should know this. There will be very difficult times in the last days. Okay. So it means that we're not really moving towards better days. We're actually moving towards worse times. Do you see? Yeah. yeah. So you should know this, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. Right? Now... Why will it be difficult? The next verse, the next verse says that for people will love only themselves and their money. You see, and that will make things difficult for us. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, you know, um, like mocking the whole idea of religion. Do you, do you get it? Yes, because religion is essentially um, just man's search for God, you know? And um, when people mock at religion, they're actually mocking God. Do you see? Yeah. Then it says, um, they will be disobedient to parents. So if you're a young person living under the uh, direction and control of parents, you need to watch this particular one because the Bible says that it is one of the evils of the last days. Do you get it? It ranks, it ranks with neighbors like scoffing at God. You know, being disobedient to parents is like laughing at God. Same neighborhood, right? Then it says, the other thing is that people will be ungrateful. Ungrateful. 
ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Do you see? Yes, they will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Amen. And so these are, oh, well, let me just finish. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They'll hate what is good, including good people. Yeah, they'll hate what is good. And they'll hate what helps people, and they'll fight against what is good. Do you see? And then um, number four, verse four says, they will betray their friends. They will be reckless. They will be puffed up with pride. And they will love pleasure rather than God. Do you get it? What it means is that on a Sunday morning like this, if they have to choose between going to a party or waking up from having attended a party yesterday night or something, they will choose that over going to church because they love pleasure rather than God. If let's say, if let's say that they have like a beach party scheduled for two o'clock this afternoon, do, do, do you get it? They, they will, will, please, I don't know about your party. I'm, I'm just preaching the word of God. Okay, so, yeah, right. But yeah, if they have to choose between a beach party um, or, or a beach concert, Thanksgiving, something on Sunday afternoon at 2, um, they're going to put two and two together and say that if I do church this morning, that you see, and instead of church, put God. It's like if I do God this morning, um, it will jeopardize the party at two. You get it? Yeah. And so let's skip God. Let's do the party because God we always have, but the party we don't always have. <laughs> do, you, do you get it? Yes. And God will sit right next to them and they'll choose pleasure over him. Yes. And then, um, so that's one of the things that will be happening. Now, this is a long list of evil things that will characterize the last days. But my interest is in the fact that ingratitude is embedded right in there as one of them. You know, that among all these things, you will also have people developing a greater tendency towards ungratefulness or ingratitude. Do you get it? And so it is important, if this is how the last days um, are going to be, then it's important for us just as we work towards or against those other things to also fight within us uh, against ingratitude by being intentionally grateful. Amen. Amen. Being intentionally thankful. And you realize that we don't naturally uh, uh, come up being grateful or grow up being grateful. We have to teach little children um, 
how to say thank you. But we don't teach them how to insult people, how to say <laughs> foolish, how to uh, disobey, how to say no, how to, we, we don't teach them any of those things. I'm sure Jean-Leon just started speaking, you know. I mean, I'm sure he's being taught how to say thank you, right? Yeah, but there are other things he's not being taught, like disobedience, no. Yeah, no, nobody has to teach him no because we come wired to be disobedient. That's how we are. Anybody who has any doubt about the original uh, or the concept or notion of original sin should look at a little child as he develops. And you realize that um, it's, it's, it, it, it just comes naturally. That's how we are. Do you get it? Yes. And so if we're not intentionally grateful, we're going to fall into these evils and we will be just like that. Amen. Amen. So how are we going to um, overcome this? We overcome these things and we become intentionally grateful by doing the following things. Amen. Number one is that you say thanks as a constant part of prayer. Okay. Amen. Amen. You say thanks as a constant part of prayer. Amen. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Amen. Amen. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Amen. Amen. So you can see that when you come to God, even before your requests, God is expecting that you approach him with an attitude of gratitude. Amen. He expects you to be thankful already before you even start talking. Look at it again. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So if you have some requests you want to make known unto God, great, but come along with some thanksgiving. Do you understand? Yes, if not even for what you're about to ask, for the other things. Do you see? The other things he has done before you even have these needs and these other requests. Do you know that most prayers and most complaints arise out of a blessing? What I mean is that you must be already blessed to even have the problem you have. <laughs> Do you get it? You name it. I don't know what problem you have. Maybe one of your professors is frustrating you. You must be blessed to be admitted into that college to have that problem with that professor. Those who didn't make it there don't have an issue with that professor. 
at all, at all, at all, at all. Name your problem. Tell me what else. What about car problems? You're having issues with your car. Yeah. You must be already blessed to be counted among car and vehicle owners and operators. Do you see? Yeah, because there are many dreamers <laughs> who don't have vehicles, who don't own a car. They can only dream of owning one. They can wish they had one. Uh, they pray they will have one. They stare at them when they see them, and they look at the car passing, and they say, I'll be there. <laughs> you see the thing? Yes, but they don't have one. So you must be blessed to have one before you even have to complain about it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. What else are you... What? Problems with your marriage. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You must be blessed, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yes. Your marital problems arise out of your marital blessing. <laughs> isn't it? Yes. It is because you're married or blessed to be married that you have the problem you have. <laughs> yeah. If you were all by yourself. <laughs> yeah. All by yourself. You just be by yourself. That's it. That's, there's no problem. No one to quarrel with. No one to harass you. No one to worry you. You just keep to yourself and keep to yourself. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> you see. But you find most people who are alone don't want to be alone. It's true. They don't want to be alone. Yes. <laughs> They are saying at the back that they don't like being alone, yes. No. They'll prefer to have a human being they can even quarrel with. Yeah, I mean, you know, just, just even have a fighting partner is company. <laughs> you get, make some noise. Do you see? Yeah. <laughs> to have someone you can ignore. <laughs> Gives you the gives you the privilege of practicing ignoring. <laughs> yes, yeah, silent treatment. You wouldn't even know how to do it if you didn't have somebody. <laughs> do you see? Yes. Give me one more problem. What other problems you have? What? Rent. Rent. Yes. You must be blessed to have an apartment and get to live by yourself to even have rent issues, to have a roof over your head. You see what I'm saying? Yes. For you to have those issues. Children. Pastor Charles says children. <laughs> Do you get it? Yes. You must be blessed to have them, you see, before you have any issues with them. So that's why the Bible is saying, be careful for nothing, but in everything. Because those things exist, first of all. And the issues we are about to present to God have to do with those things. 
So he said, in everything, in every situation, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let's now discuss the issues that pertain to that thing. Are you getting it? Yes. So there is no excuse to be unthankful. Amen. There is no excuse to be unthankful. But rather, we are all supposed to be thankful. Everybody has a ton of things to be thankful for. Everybody has a reason to be grateful. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. I think that when ingratitude exists in us, when, uh, when thankfulness is replaced by a sense of entitlement, then it makes people more and more ungrateful. Do you see what I'm saying? But when we start to think carefully about what God has already done and many of the things that we already enjoy, do you get it? Yes. Nobody even mentioned good health yet. Because before you can even discuss any of these issues, you know, if you were sick enough, you wouldn't even care about any of these things. Yes. If you were dying, you wouldn't even care about what car do you have and what issues do you have with your car and what professor is giving you what issues or which admission or even which exam you didn't pass if you were dying. Do you think it would bother you that you didn't pass that exam? No, none of those things would be an issue. So even that you would wake up healthy, well, that's something to be thankful for. Do you understand? It's something to be thankful for. So it says, be careful for nothing. Can we read the other version, please? Be careful for nothing or don't worry about anything. Can you see? Don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything, tell God what you need, and thank him for all he has done. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Right? Instead, pray about everything. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, so it means your issues are meant to improve your prayer life. <laughs> Do you get it? Yes. The issues in your life can serve a great purpose, the great purpose of improving your prayer life. The more issues you have, the more things there will be to pray about. Do you get it? <laughs> yeah, and you will pray a lot. <laughs> Do you get it? Yes. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Can I have an amen? How many understand what I'm sharing with you today? Yes. So we need to be grateful. Amen. And we need to be thankful. Now when God has uh, well, may, let me move on to the next one. The next one is that be thankful as an attitude of your life. Be thankful as an attitude of your life. Right? So practice 
gratitude. Do you see? Let that be a natural disposition in you. Amen. Amen. Just, just practice it intentionally. Be intentional. That's the verse we read, Colossians 3 and verse 15. Colossians 3 and verse 15. Let's read that again in the other version. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which ye are also called in one body and be ye thankful, right? Now change the version, yes. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Amen. Amen. Maintain an attitude of thankfulness, isn't it? Be thankful as an attitude of your life. Learn to say thank you. Learn it. Amen. Amen. And I'm saying that we don't naturally feel grateful. Do you get it? We more naturally feel entitled. We feel we deserve certain things. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. The other day I heard somebody saying, life is not fair. Do you see? Yes. And I could, I, I, I was analyzing that statement. And I could see already that for you to say life is not fair means you already feel entitled to some things. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You're, you already feel entitled. That's why you say it's not fair. It means you think you're not getting what you deserve. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah, you, you're not, you feel that for having arrived here, you deserve some things. <laughs> Even before you do anything, you feel like you deserve some things. You know, did I tell you one day how I gave someone, some man standing by uh, the side of the road at the stoplight, I gave him some coins, and he threw them back into my car. <laughs> I think I told you before. Yes. He just threw them back into my car. It's like, it's not enough. <laughs> you get it? Yes. It's like, if you're going to help me, you better help me well. So I feel it. <laughs> you get it? But if you're going to give me just coins, who has any need for coins today? Do you use coins yourself? Here you are. <laughs> Don't come and disturb my life with your coins. Yes. Just give them back. <laughs> it's very wild. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah. So make that an attitude of your life. Amen. Cultivate it. Intentionally learn it. Amen. And it will be a blessing for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, number three is that, um, number three is that thanksgiving is a weapon that releases the greatest miracles. Thanksgiving is a weapon that 
will release great miracles in your life. It releases the greatest miracles. Hallelujah. Yes. You know. Now, in John chapter 6 and verse 3, there is an interesting verse that, you know, highlights something very important. It talks about John chapter 6, verse 23, I'm sorry. John chapter 6 and verse 23. It says, how be it, there came other boats from Tiberias, nigh unto the place where they did eat bread after that the Lord had given thanks. Do you see? Yeah. Now, this is the description of a place. We're being shown a place. It's a description of a place where a miracle occurred. Do you get it? And this is the description. It says, it was the place where they did eat bread after that the Lord had given thanks. You know, in other words, they, they, they are connecting the two. The eating of the bread seems to have been made possible after the Lord gave thanks. Are, are you getting the picture? Yeah, it's like... This is the place where the, the whole significant thing that happened there is that something great occurred out of something seemingly small or insignificant. That's why we cannot forget what happened at the place. Are you, are you getting the picture? Yes. You see, if something very significant happened in the service, you will likely never forget it. Let's say the power went out, all the lights went off, you know, and then Reverend Charles um, just took his phone and, you know, he punched an app, you know, and just did something, one, two, three, and then blew over his phone and the lights came on. <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah. You see, we will never forget it. Yeah. We will describe today as, oh, that was the day we had the service when the lights went out and Pastor Charles blew over his phone and the lights came on. Wow. That's how today will go it down in history. Do, 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 do you get it? Or it will be for those who are here for the first time or something, they would say it, is, it was that place where the lights went out and one of the guys over there, his name was Reverend Charles. <laughs> you know, he did something with his phone and the lights came on. Do you get it? Yeah. Now, what is it saying? It's saying that whatever Jesus did, you know, didn't seem like something that should generate the scale of the miracle that the people experienced. Are you getting it? Yes. That's how come it's gone down like this. It says, how be it there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread after that the Lord had given thanks. 
You know, you would have thought that Thanksgiving, the Lord gave thanks, so what? I mean, okay, they did, even the, the fact that they did eat bread, so what? <laughs> Do you get it? But what it is, is that the Lord, by giving thanks, you know, caused a great miracle to occur. That eating of bread, you know, was actually the product of a huge miracle in that same chapter. Can you understand it? So let's go back to the chapter and let's read about the miracle. Let's read from John chapter 6 and let's start from maybe verse 2. John chapter 6 and verse 2. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. Do you see? Them that were diseased, diseased, you know, they, they, they saw the miracles. They had seen him perform miracles of healing and were following him. But they didn't know that Christ was not just a miraculous healer of bodies, but that Christ could actually provide their meals you see, like he was also one who would meet their other needs. You see, yes, financial needs, economic needs, you know, their need for food, put food on their tables. They had not experienced him that way before. And so they were following him because they were looking for miracles of healing. Do you get it? Yes. A lot of us pray to the Lord when we are sick. Yes, especially when the doctors don't know what's going on with us. When we feel a little scared, then we pray about it. But many people have not known the Lord as a supplier of their daily needs. Are you getting it? So that's what happened here. Now, verse 3 says, Jesus went up into a mountain and there he sat with his disciples. And verse 4 says, And the Passover feast, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. Verse 5. Verse 5. Then Jesus, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come to him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? You know, because it's a large crowd. And this he said, verse 4, Okay, verse 6. This he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. He himself knew what he would do. And so Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. Can you see? Then one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Do you see? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Can you see that? About 5,000, you know. And then the next verse, 11. And Jesus took the loaves. 
you see. And when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. Verse 12, when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Do you see? Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, you see, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten, you know. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, they said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. And in verse 15, when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Look at Jesus standing in front of um, a huge crowd of hungry people and not knowing how, you know, none of the disciples had a clue how they were going to feed those people. You get it? Yes, because in life, we are many times faced with impossible situations. You know, we're faced with situations where we don't really know what we're going to do about this. Do you get it? What, what are you going to do about this? I don't know. Do you, do you understand? And then, in some situations also, we have an idea of potential solutions, but we also know that those solutions won't go so far. It won't solve the entire problem. It may do it for one time or twice, but then what happens after that? Do you understand? You can pay your rent this time, all right. Maybe next time. But what about after that? <laughs> do you see? Yes. What about after that? So that's what happened with Jesus, and he was standing in the face of this situation, but the Bible says he himself knew what he would do. Jesus already knew what he would do, what he would do, and what he did, you know, reveals to us what he must have had in mind when he, the Bible said he knew what he would do. Do you understand? And what did he do? No magical works. The Bible says he took the loaves and then he gave thanks. He took the loaves and did what? He gave thanks. Jesus took the loaves, the loaves that were not enough. You know, somebody would have kicked them away. Somebody would even have said there are no loaves. <laughs> yeah, he would refuse to acknowledge those loaves at all. Why? Because it's so few. Do you understand? The loaves are so few that you don't even want to acknowledge that there are any loaves um, there at all. You get it? It's, it's just not working. It's so small. You know? Five loaves of bread, you have two fishes, and you have 5,000 people hungry waiting to eat whatever you're going to give them. Even in this church, those five loaves will not work. <laughs>
it won't go past John Jack, it is said. <laughs> Pastor Moses says it won't go beyond John Jack. If you if you if you put those loaves on a tray and say John Jack should serve them, he he will just turn around and just go back and say there there are no loaves. <laughs> <laughs> do you see yes but what did Jesus do he took the loaves he embraced the loaves he recognized the loaves he took what he had and said this is what I have and what I have plus thanksgiving equals what I don't have <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying Yes, what I have plus thanksgiving generates what I don't have. So most of the time, people would recognize what they have and then what they don't have and leave thanksgiving out. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Think of an equation. This plus this equals that. Do you see? But then, what people have many times is this plus X hey. <laughs> equals what I don't have. <laughs> so people know what they don't have. People know what they have. But they don't want to add that little element that you add to what you don't have to generate what you add to what you have to generate what you don't have. And that element is thanksgiving. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That you need to be, God wants you to be thankful, first of all, for what you have. How is it that you are not grateful for what he has already done? How is it that you don't even recognize that he has already brought you some distance? You get it? How is it that your eyes are so fixated on what you don't have? How is it that what you don't have seems to mean so much more to you than what you have? What is not working seems to be more important than what is working. Wow! God is always surprised when what we don't have offsets what we have. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Our dreams, our expectations, our desires must not offset the realities that God has already released into our existence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. God has already blessed us in so many ways. In so many ways, you are the envy of many people. Even the fact that your hair grows. Yeah, even your hair, your hair. It, because other people's hair is breaking and some people, it's finished. Yeah. Some people, has, they are done with hairstyles. It's over. Yeah, they will never need a barber ever again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So God is just wondering. So isn't there any reason to be thankful? I know this is not working. I know you didn't pass this exam. I know this job didn't hire you. I know this one fired you. And I know that your car, um, you were having a, a, a starting problem or something. Or, or the AC in your car uh, works on and off, you know. Or the heat doesn't come or something of the sort. Your wiper blades are worn or something. So it's raining and you can't see. And you are, you're, you are full of cursing in the car as you can't see as though God is hurting you by causing it to, to rain God doesn't understand it he, he doesn't understand he doesn't understand how come you can't find a reason to be thankful from all that he has already done how come, how is it that you can't find a reason to be thankful? How is it that you can't find a reason to be thankful? Many of your classmates quit school a long time ago. Some didn't make it past middle school. Some didn't make it beyond high school. You have gone through college. You can't find that a reason to be thankful? Do you understand? Yes. You are not taking the loaves. You are ignoring the loaves because there are only five. Because to you, there are five. Yes. And what you need is 5,000. <laughs> Do you see? Yes. <laughs> you need 5,000, which is what? 0. 0.0001%. <laughs> Of what you need. Do you see? Yeah. So you even refuse to recognize it at all. Yes. And that has turned you into an unthankful person. Yes. It has turned you into an unthankful person. It has turned you into a complaining, grumbling person. You are, you, are, you are sad more times than you could have been if you were thankful. Yes, now your life is more defined by what is not working than by what is working. Are you getting the message? Yes. But your life shouldn't be defined by what is not working. Your life shouldn't be defined by what has not worked. Your life, life must not be defined by your failures. Your life must not be defined by what didn't work out. What you don't have. What you didn't get. Those must not define your life. But rather your life must be defined by what has worked. Amen. You have to keep looking at what has worked. Keep looking at what has worked. And when you keep looking at what has worked, you just can't help but be grateful. Yeah. Yes, you, when you take the loaves, what can you say? But be thankful that you have some loaves. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. If you take the loaves, you'll be thankful. If you don't take the loaves and you take the people, the hungry people, you will be unthankful. Yeah, yeah. 
You're in the same situation. You have loaves, five loaves on the left and 5,000 people on the right. And you have a choice. You either recognize the 5,000 people or recognize the five loaves. And I'm saying that if you recognize the five loaves, you will have something to be thankful for. But if you recognize the 5,000 people instead of the loaves, you will have something to be ungrateful for. Something to complain about. Something to complain about. So usually a complaining person is someone who chose the 5,000 people over the five loaves. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. He chose and respected the 5,000 people over the five loaves and the two fish. But the one who chose the five loaves and the two fish is full of gratitude. And he can see that, you know something, you know, even to have five loaves is a blessing. Yes, it's a blessing. It's a place to be. It's, it's, it's a blessing because some people wouldn't have anything at all. All the other people who were complaining, they, they, they refused. I mean, that guy, what's his name? Andrew or somebody, you know, or Philip. You know, the one who said that, the, let, he, yeah, there was one of them, I think it's Andrew, who said there's a lad here who has five barley loaves. That, yes, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. You know, he has, said there is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? He totally dismissed it. Yes, and chose the 5,000, respected the 5,000. Yes, so many was more important to him than the five loaves and the two small fishes. Yes, yes. Can you change the version? Change the version. Change the version. Change the version. Yes. Change the version on this verse. There is a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Yes. Huge crowd is more important than five barley loaves and two small fishes. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Everybody in this room has some five barley loaves and two small fishes. For every area of your life, there must be some five barley loaves and two small fishes. Yes. For every area of your life, there must be some five barley loaves and two small fishes. And then there is also a huge crowd. Yes. There's also a huge crowd. Jesus is showing us the formula that if you would take the loaves instead of the crowd, you will be grateful. And your gratitude for the loaves will give you the solution to the crowd. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Your gratitude for the loaves will give you the solution to the crowd. It will tell you what to do. It will provide the answers to the crowd. Do you get it? There's some of us who have big bills, huge bills. We don't even know how we're going to pay them. Yes. You don't know how you're going to pay them. Student loans, um, um, uh, consumer loans, you know, in and out loans, Costco loans. 
McDonald's loans. Macy's loans. Do you get it? Yes. Some of them as young as two days old. Black Friday. And some of them yet to come. Cyber Monday. <laughs> Do you see? Yes. Some of you, your, your debts and issues are very young, only two days old. Yes. They haven't even sent you the bill for it yet. Yes. It's pending, yes. If you look it up, it will say pending. <laughs> Or processing, processing. Yes. It's not even matured. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. But listen, learn to respect the loaves. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Learn to respect the loaves because the loaves will make you grateful. Yes. The loans, the loaves will make you thankful. The loaves and the two small fish will make you thankful. And your gratitude will cause there to be a miracle. Do you understand? Yes. The miracle was so wild to the people, they said, we want you as our king. Oh, yes. A person who can make bread for 5,000 people, we vote for you. <laughs> we don't care if you're Democrat or Republican or whatever. Jesus, we don't even care what your party is. We vote for you. We vote for you. <laughs> yes. We'll make you our king. Yes. Because it all boils down to, to bread. <laughs> And the one, the one who can make it. <laughs> if Jesus would use thanksgiving to generate the greatest miracles, then you must learn to use thanksgiving to generate miracles in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me show you another example. John chapter 11 John chapter 11, and in John chapter 11, Jesus' best friend is dead. You know, and you know, maybe it's a good place for me to tell you that in this past week, we've had such a terrible week because um, one of our dear bishops, our dearest, one of our dearest and best who is also the twin brother of Sister, uh, Sister Ivana, went home to be with the Lord suddenly, you know, after preaching on Tuesday night, and just went home and, you know, just went to be with the Lord, you know. So it's been a very difficult week throughout our church. I'm sure you've seen it on Facebook and everywhere, you know. But we are comforted by the Lord. Amen. Especially from knowing that he's with 
the Lord. Amen. 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 The Bible says when we are absent from the body, we are present with the Lord. When you're a believer, when you leave this place, you are straight before the Lord. Amen. Amen. And we pray for the family and we pray for Sister Ivana as well, Reverend Monene and um, um, McKenna and Kawi. You know, we just want you to know our prayers are with you and um, you, we're in this together. Amen. Amen. And um, it's a loss. Hallelujah. Now, the Lord knows how it feels to lose a close one, a loved one, someone who is your friend, someone who may be a friend, who, but who now sticks closer than a brother. Do you see? He may not be a relative, but the person becomes close. That's the situation Jesus found himself in. Do you get it? Yes, Jesus found himself in a situation where he had lost somebody. Do you get it? Now, Jesus took an approach to the problem. And I want us to read it before we close. John chapter number what? 11. John chapter 11. John chapter 11 and verse 11 it says these things said he after that he saith unto them our friend Lazarus Lazarus sleepeth but I go that I may wake him out of sleep amen, amen. then said his disciples Lord you know If he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Can you see that? And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent that ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us go also, that we may die with him. <laughs> I think some of you wish he would just keep quiet. You get it? Yes. Thomas, don't even start. <laughs> yes. Don't even start. Don't bring your things here. You get it? He said, let's go and die with him. <laughs> Verse 17, and when Jesus came, he found, you see, when Jesus came, he found um, that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. 
and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Can you see that? Yeah. Martha, when she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Now let me take the opportunity to say something small about this Mary situation. Why is Mary sitting still at home? Now, do you remember that Mary and Jesus had such a close relationship that one day when Jesus visited them, it was Martha who was cooking and Mary couldn't get enough of him. Do you understand? Mary couldn't get enough of Jesus Christ. You see, Mary said, you know, your words, what you have to say and share, they are far more important to me than anything I can do for you. So even Martha got upset. And Martha said, speak to my sister that she come and cook. And stop this word of God, word of God, listening to messages, listening to messages. You know, let her get up and come and do some real practical things. So you would have thought that now that they are saying Jesus is on his way, in person, coming, Mary would be the one who would go out and meet him. But Mary sat still. Mary couldn't be bothered anymore. You get it? It's likely that she was hurt. It's possible that she was offended. Do you understand? Yes, because sometimes when we are disappointed, when we thought that God should come through for us, because Mary knew that if Jesus was there, it would make a difference. Do you understand? Yes, they sent a message to Jesus a long time ago, and he didn't come. You see, and now that they were even telling him that the guy is dead, he's telling the people that he's even happier that he was not there. Do you get it? So when Mary hears such things, you find Mary being offended. You know, Mary not excited about church anymore, not excited about the things of God anymore, because she feels that God has let her down. I'm sure some of you have felt that way before. You felt let down by God. And you are kind of angry and upset with God. You are so disappointed. You don't feel like going to his presence. You don't feel like embracing him anymore. You don't feel like singing any song. I've been in a service before where I saw someone who wouldn't sing a song. The song was, and we will say that you are good and all the miracles you've done have brought us joy for we are and all the hope we have, we place in you, right? Yes, and she wouldn't sing it. You see, like the way we were singing right now. And, yes, because she said to me that God has not been good to her. She cannot sing such a song. Yes, because she's been praying that she would get pregnant, and she wasn't getting pregnant. You get it? And instead... Um, I think the doctors had diagnosed some kind of a tumor, you know, in her womb. And she was just thinking, you know, if you won't put a baby in my womb, 
Don't put a tumor there. <laughs> Don't allow a tumor to grow over there. Do you see? Yes. And she was really upset. And I think Mary was in that kind of situation where she wouldn't even go out. And Martha left everything and went out to meet Jesus. Mary said, I'm done with this Jesus, Jesus. Yes. Yes. I'm done with this Jesus. You know, you go to church and come, I'll be here. I mean, we've done this church, church thing. They said, pay your tithe and uh, what? The giving offerings and we've done fundraising. We book launches and so many different things. I've been a Christian for so many years. Serving the Lord and working in the church. Singing in the choir. Singing in Eden. Singing in Greater Love Gospel Choir. Singing solo, singing duets, singing every kind of quartet. Every kind of thing that can be sung, I've done it. You get it? And look at me. I'm still single, you know? And all I'm asking is just for some company, you know? Just for stimulating conversations, you know? Exciting interactions and just a little happiness. And God won't do that for me. I'm not serving him anymore. I'm not going to that church anymore. Yes. So many times you find people in that kind of situation. But Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. So Martha was the spokesperson for the family. It's through Martha that we are learning how the family really feels. And therefore why Mary has stayed at home. (laughs) Yeah. It's Martha who is telling us that our general opinion is that if you had been here, our brother wouldn't have died. But you didn't come. You didn't come. You are four days late. You didn't come. You know, and Martha says, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou will ask of God, God will give it thee. Hallelujah. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. That sounds like a contradiction to what she just said. (laughs) That I know that if you ask God, he will give it to you. Do you see? Then Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which shall come into the world. Right? And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister secretly saying, the master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews, the Jews, 
then which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary that she rose up hastily and went out followed her saying she goeth to the grave to weep there then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him she fell down at his feet saying unto him Lord if thou hadst been here my brother had not died I blame you for my brother's death yes I blame you for my brother's death if you had been here he wouldn't have died if you had called me I wouldn't be in this situation you know yes if you had called me I wouldn't be in this situation you know if you had helped me I wouldn't be evicted if you had done this for me I wouldn't be in this bad situation but it's all your fault I remember one day I met a lady she had come from another country and she came to in the city where I was and um, she was staying with her boyfriend somewhere and then she got pregnant now eventually I found her and I called her when I called her she said to me I've, she said I've been looking for you all this time and now I'm even pregnant <laughs> do you understand I was told to say if I had found you I would not be pregnant <laughs> You see, I wasn't sure what I had to do with it, but so I've looked everywhere for you, and I've, you haven't come, and now I'm pregnant. You see, yes. And so Mary was blaming the situation on Jesus' absence. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? So others are blaming him. Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone laid upon it. And then Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. In other words, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's too late now. Lord, it's too late. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Verse 40, Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou should see the glory of God? Verse 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Hallelujah. Amen. Then he said, I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, 
that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. Orangus. Yes. Scorners and mockers. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me conclude. I want you to notice how in the face of the worst situation, Jesus began by giving thanks. Do you understand? What was he giving thanks for? He told God why I'm thanking you. I'm thanking you because you hear me. I'm thanking you for previous answers. He said, I've always known, I knew you would even hear me. In fact, the only reason why I said it and prayed that way was because of the people. So they would believe that you had sent me. But honestly, Lord, I know, I trust you from what you have done before. I am thankful. I'm thankful for all the answers I have received. Even somebody in the crowd said, this is the man who raised people from the dead. This is the man who opened people's eyes. This is the man who helped others. And so Jesus said, Lord, there's a track record. There's a track record. I can't stand here and say that because it's in the face of death, I'll be ungrateful. Because it's a situation I may not have seen before, I'm ungrateful. Or because of the magnitude of the situation, my attitude has changed. No. He said, Lord, I've seen you do so many different things, and I'm not going to change my attitude towards you at this time. You know, so I'm starting right here with thanksgiving. Remember, the verse we read said that in everything, in everything, before you bring the request, say thank you for what has been done. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Say thank you for what has been done. God looks out for your thankfulness. God looks out for your thankfulness. You have no excuse to be ungrateful. You already have enough going for you to be thankful. You can't thank him enough. You can't thank him enough. Do you know how many people just like you, probably born on the same day as you, born into similar circumstances as you, having the same opportunities as you, who have not become who you have become? But you have become what you have become. And because of what is ahead, you ignore what is behind you. Because of what you dream and aspire for, you are ignoring everything that has worked and everything the Lord has done to get you to where you are. You know, this Thanksgiving, I want you to take some time to be thankful. Amen. Amen. And take a decision to be a thankful person. Always begin with thanks. 
always start by being thankful. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. If you start by being thankful, you, will, you may even swallow your complaint. Yeah. Yes, because when you start counting your blessings, you will find that, that God has been very good already. That you are a very blessed person already. That you, you are really blessed. You are really blessed. In so many ways, you are already blessed. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't let the crowd and its size eat up your gratitude. Don't let the crowd destroy your gratitude. Jesus didn't allow the dead man or the state of Lazarus to destroy his thanks. He was feeling it too. That's where we read in verse 35, he wept. Because that was his friend. See, the Bible says we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched. There's nothing you feel that God does not feel. You say you're lonely, God knows. He knows it. Not only does he know you're lonely, he knows how it feels to be lonely. Can you imagine how it felt on the cross when even your most trusted disciple says he does not know you? Can you imagine it as Jesus hung on the cross? You know, when he needed people the most, the one he thought he could count on, he said, I don't know you. He said, I, I don't, that man, I don't know him. I don't go to his church. Yeah. A little girl said, you go to his church. He said, don't be silly. <laughs> don't say things you don't know. <laughs> wow. I don't know this man. He was there all by himself. Even he felt forsaken by God. Yes. Jesus felt forsaken by God. Do you get it? And he cried unto him and said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you given me up like that? You say God doesn't know what it feels like to be lonely. You're making a mistake. God has been there before. Do you understand? He's been there. Jesus has been there. Jesus knows what it is like. Do you understand? Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Look at it. He's weeping. Jesus is weeping. But look at this. He says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Let's go to 15 first. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. We do not have an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points. Everybody say all points. All say, it, say it again. Say all points. All Ask your neighbor, what are your points? <laughs> yeah. Ask your neighbor, which are your points? <laughs> yeah. You tell me which are your points. Yes. He was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. I want you to know that if you can feel it, if you are experiencing it, Jesus has been there. Jesus has been there. Jesus has been there. Yes. All the way down to him weeping and feeling the pain that makes a person cry. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. And yet he did not allow the circumstance, the worst of circumstances to rob him of his attitude of gratitude. Are you getting what I'm saying? The attitude of thanks. 
Jesus could still give thanks. Yes. With tears in his eyes, he said, Lord, I am thankful. Yes. Crying, but thankful. Yes. Crying doesn't mean you are not thankful. Yes. Cry, but remain thankful. Yes. Feel it. Feel the pain, but stay grateful. Stay grateful. Stay grateful. Be grateful for parents. Be grateful for people who have put a roof over your head. Be grateful for a job. Yes. Feel the pain because sometimes workplaces are terrible. Yes. Sometimes they are a pain to go to. (laughs) Yes. It's difficult. Feel the pain but stay grateful. Yes. Because not everybody has a job. Not everyone has a job like that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. How is it that different people wake up in the morning and all go spend eight hours and some come home with more and others come home with less? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Is the value of a a human being's time different from human to human? Do you see? Yeah. But somehow they've not been privileged to be who you are. So be thankful. Be thankful. Be thankful for your environment. Be thankful for your life and who is in it. Be thankful for your church. Oh, yes. Be thankful for your church. Do you get it? Don't be so fixated on a perfect church that you miss the basic blessing of even having a church you like to go to. A church you like to go to. A church you want to go to. Do you see? Yes, be grateful. Be thankful. Do you get it? Yes. Be thankful for your pastor. He may preach a long time, but just be thankful. Yes. Be thankful that he's even willing to preach. Yes. That he's even willing to preach. Yes. Yes. That's it. You get it? Yeah, and when I miss a few services, I try to make it up to you guys. Yes. I owe you preaching. I owe you preaching, and you owe me a hearing. (laughs) Hallelujah. How many are going to be thankful from today? Yes. Let's start from being thankful before we even discuss the issue. Are you getting what I'm saying? Say thank you first. Then let's talk about the issue. What is your problem? Do you see? And you realize that having started from gratitude, the problem resolves itself. You get it? Who is thanking God for somebody who is dead? Think about it. Who is standing in front of a grave where someone has been buried four days ago and is thanking God? What an example. What an example. Can you imagine how much he was hurting? 
because he was crying. Jesus himself was crying. It wasn't an easy time for him. Yeah, Jesus didn't walk to the cemetery like some, you know, the son of God. You know, show me where he is. Today we'll see power. No, that, that, that's not the attitude Jesus took to the grave. Jesus went to the graves, graveyard very sad himself and crying. And yet within that, he found the place to give thanks. To say, Lord, it hurts, but I'm thankful. Do you see? Yeah, Lord, it hurts, but what? I'm thankful. I'm thankful. You know, as we have lost our brother, you know, it hurts so much. But we have to be thankful. We have to be thankful even for his life. We have to be thankful that God put him in this church, not in that church. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. The blessing that he has been, you talk about someone that God has used to touch all the young people in the church, many of the people he led and brought up. I mean, he had such a hold on the children or the young people. All of them have grown up to become pastors. Even some of them are bishops. LP Michelle, what's LP Michelle? Yeah, that's, that's, that was one of the one of his sheep. <laughs> Pastor Charles and all these people, they, they went through him. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So we, we, we cry over the loss, but we are supposed to be thankful for the gain. Do you get it? Yes. We're supposed to be thankful that we had him in the first place. That God gave him such a special person to us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. And that thankfulness is how God will heal us. Amen. So be thankful. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I'm sure you have issues. Why? Because in this world, you will have tribulation, isn't it? Yes. In this life, if you are part of this life, you know, have you ever wondered why God gave you an ability to cry which didn't cease when you stopped being a baby? <laughs> you see, because we thought crying was something babies did. But how is it that you still have retained your ability to cry? Yes, because in life you get to a place from time to time where words cannot articulate the feeling only water from your eyes can explain what you're going through are you hearing what I'm saying but in that situation too start from thank you start always with a thank you always with a thank you start with thank you Tell somebody, start with thank you. Telling the, tell the person, no matter what is going on in your life, your starting point is thank you. Yes. 
And when we do that, we activate the greatest miracle power. Do you understand? We activate the power of God and it goes to work on our behalf. Can I have an amen? Stand to your feet and let's bring the service to a close. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 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 Everybody pray and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. I'm sure we all have something to be thankful for. Something to be thankful for. We all have both something to complain about and something to be thankful for. Yes. Something to complain about and something to be thankful for. Oh, yes, Lord. Just thank him and say, Lord, you know, I want you to select an area of your life, the most troubling area of your life at this present time. You know, whatever it is that concerns you the most at this time, which is not as you would like it to be, as you think it should be, you know, just pick that one area right now. And then I want you to start by giving thanks. That Lord, concerning this area, I want to begin by being thankful. Let's start. Before I tell you anything about what I want for this area of my life, I want to be thankful. 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 Everybody pray right now and saying thank you to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Maybe you are not well. Maybe there are issues relating to your health. Maybe it's not physical as in your health or in your body, but it's something deep within your emotions. You're wounded. You're hurting deeply. Deep inside you somewhere, a pain you can't express, a pain you can't articulate, but which is eating you up and affecting you. You know, maybe... It is a bunch of disappointments, a series of disappointments. You've been let down by people. Yes, you've been let down by people. You've been knocked down. Things have not worked out as you had hoped. You are disappointed. Yes. You're disappointed. It has not gone the way you thought it would go. Yes. And today God is saying, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Because I also know what it is like to be in a situation and in a circumstance like yours. 
I also know what it is like for things not to go as I expected them to go as I thought they would go Jesus knows exactly how you feel yes his most trusted person his best friend let him down he disappointed him he sold him yes his killers his murderers had access to him because of his best friend yes he knows he feels he hears he understands Jesus understands how much you have given and how little you've gotten back from people Jesus understands the contradiction how you are experiencing just the opposite of what you have put out what is coming back to you today is the opposite of what you sent out and God says I know I know because I've been there before but begin with thanksgiving yes begin with thanksgiving yes thank you Jesus yes want to thank you Lord I want to thank you Lord how wonderful how marvelous in my Savior's love for me how how marvelous My Savior's love. My Savior's love for me. Sing it again. One more time. How marvelous. How marvelous. 
job thank him for that relationship thank him for that family thank him for your children as they are yes thank him for your brothers and sisters thank him for those siblings and thank him for those step brothers thank him for those step sisters yes the ones you're not getting along with, yes, those issue people, problem people who have made your life hell and who have given you so much trouble that you've been forced to distance yourself from them as though they were not your family at all. But today God is saying, you know, you just be grateful be grateful for their lives be grateful even for the troubles they have put you through yes thank God for that ex-husband that ex-wife thank God for that ex-boyfriend that ex-girlfriend thank God for that former boss thank God for that experience he put you through yes Thank God for that job you lost. Thank Him, thank Him, thank Him. Because you don't know what is ahead. You don't know what is ahead. God just wants you to believe in His goodness. Believe in His kindness and be thankful. Because as you're thankful, your thankfulness will release his miracle working power into your life as it did for Jesus it turned five loaves and two fishes into more than enough for 5,000 people yes Thanksgiving will release miracle working power in your life in the name of Jesus thank you Lord for your blessing shall ever be how marvelous how wonderful is my Savior's love for me oh is my Savior
thank you Lord father we thank you on this Thanksgiving Sunday for all that you have done for us Lord we know that no matter what our complaint is this afternoon your goodness and your track record for helping us can never compare with what we may think you are yet to do. You have been so good already. You have been so gracious already. You have been so kind to us already. Yes. So much so that if you didn't even do anything else, there would be more than enough reason for us to stand before you today to be grateful to say thank you to say thank you for what you have done to say thank you for the doors you closed to say thank you for the doors you opened to say thank you for the people in our lives the people you handpicked and set in our lives at various stages of it Yes, the people you allowed to access us, the people you have allowed us to know, and what a difference they've made in our lives. Even for those who made a negative difference and a negative impact in our lives, we still want to start with thanksgiving. Yes, before we say anything that went wrong, we want to start with what went right. We thank you for our friends, our loved ones, our families, our classmates. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you as a church for the life of our Bishop Oko. We thank you for the years that we got to spend with him. Thank you for giving him to us for so long. Yes. Yes. For so long. For over 30 years, you allowed us to enjoy him, to enjoy his gifts, his abilities, his graces, his anointings. Yes, everything that you did through him for our young people, for our church as a whole. We thank you. Thank you for what he did at Kolegono. Thank you for what he did at the Kodesh. Thank you for his work, oh God, in Cote d'Ivoire. And thank you for his work in Zimbabwe. Thank you for all the lives you have touched and drawn to yourself. The people that have been pointed to you through his life and ministry. The people he has encouraged. The people he has preached to. Those he wept with. Those he strengthened. Those he held together the people he bound together 
who were otherwise broken and shattered into many different pieces. We thank you. And as a church, hard as it is for us, we choose to say thank you. Yes, we choose to say thank you. And we pray for his family, his wife, his children, his sister, his brothers. We pray for all of them. We pray especially for his church members who would wake up one morning just after hearing their pastor the night before to hear that he was no more. Please comfort them, Lord, and strengthen them. Yes, give them courage to continue on, to move on, to have hope and to have great faith in the future that you still love them and you still care for them in the name of Jesus. We pray for the prophet who is having to bury yet another son precious to him. We pray, Lord, that you will strengthen him and encourage him. Let it be well with him, Lord. Help him, Lord, to have hope and to continue to trust and to believe. Strengthen him from deep within in the name of Jesus. And the entire church, Lord, everywhere where Bishop Oko had ministered, all the people who know him, all the people who loved him, we pray, Father, for the comfort of the Holy Ghost for every single one of us in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your blessing on this Thanksgiving Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says amen. Here's love for me. Amen. Please close your eyes for one second. If you're here this afternoon, this Thanksgiving Sunday, and you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity. Here is your chance to be saved. No one is promised tomorrow. And just as our pastor woke up lived through the day, even went to church, preached powerfully, and yet came home, and it was his last. Who knows how long more you have? Why don't you put things right with God? If you put things right with God, and he doesn't take you away anytime soon, you have lost nothing. But if, what if the end was sooner than you have planned for it to be? This is why you must give Jesus a chance today. So if you're here this afternoon and you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to raise your right hand right where you are and I'll pray for you. If you're online, you can also join us 
and keep your hand raised and I'm going to pray for you. Just keep your hand up. Yes. You want to give your life to Jesus. But if you're in here with us, then do me one more favor. Just take a step and come to me right here while we're all praying. Just come to me and I want to pray for you right here. Just come and pray with me right here in front. I'll pray for you. Is there anybody who, if you have raised your hand to receive Jesus, you can come to me and we'll pray together. We'll pray together. Okay. If you'd rather remain there, that's fine too. Why don't we just say this prayer together? Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Say it again. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I know you hear me, I know you hear me. When, I when I pray. I come to you today. To you today. The sinner that I am, I come to you just as I am and I ask for forgiveness I ask for cleansing by the power of the blood please wash me please save me please forgive me please forgive my sins and make me a child of God Oh Jesus, I turn over my life into your hands at this moment. Lord Jesus, be Lord over my life. Now say with me, say Satan. Today, you and I are done. It's over between us. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. I will never be the same again. Say it again. Say, I will never be the same again. Today is the beginning of my new life. I will never be the same again. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Are you blessed by the word of God today? Right. Now, if you said that prayer with me and you really mean it, I'd like to talk with you after the service. And if you're online, please send us a text message at the number on your screen and someone will connect with you shortly. Amen. All right. God bless you. We want to have communion um, as we do every Sunday. And I want us to do it with meaning. Amen. Because communion is how Jesus gave his life for us. And so we want to have communion today. Yeah, I think Joel will help us today. Yes, just yes, bring to him. Yes. Yeah. Joel, bring it round, please. And let everybody. Yes. I think I have one here. Yeah. Thank you. Hallelujah.
it's Thanksgiving Sunday and one of the things to be thankful for is Jesus Christ and the salvation he has brought us that's the essence of communion for you it's bread and wine but for Christ it was his body and his blood amen and so we want to receive communion with meaning today amen father we thank you for giving your son yes we thank you thank you oh my father
Father, for giving us your Son. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the salvation you have given us by giving us Jesus. We're grateful to you, Lord. We ask, Father, that you bless his body represented by this little bread and bless the wine also in the name of Jesus, the body of Jesus Christ. You may eat the bread. This is the blood of the new covenant. The Bible calls it the cup of blessing. This is a cup of blessing you're taking into your life for this week, for the rest of this year, for the rest of your life. A blessing that will change everything in your life. For good, you will never be the same after this cup in Jesus name the blood of Jesus Christ you may drink it thank you Lord Father we thank you once again for your blessing Thank you for redeeming our lives from destruction. For filling our mouths with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. We cannot forget your blessings and your benefits. The things we have come into just by knowing you the blessings you have exposed our lives to, the people you have placed in our lives, the blessings, the favors that you have given us, the promotions, the elevations you have granted us just because we chose you. And yet it was not we who chose you, but you who touched our hearts and drew us to yourself because the man the Bible says that no one can come to you except you draw him it is you who has drawn us to yourself and we're grateful we thank you Lord for our lives our very existence thank you for our families thank you for the people in our lives yes thank you for our jobs thank you for everything that you have loaded our lives with I want to thank you especially for our church thank you for giving us such a great church to belong to and thank you for giving us such a great pastor and prophet and thank you Lord for blessing us with all the gifts we get to experience through him Thank you for giving us front row experience 
into miracles and great things that you have done through him. We are grateful. We pray for long life for him. We pray that you heal every sickness and every disease that will seek to attack him. Let it be blocked. Let it be blocked in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, for longevity. We pray for a long life. We pray for more opportunity and more faith, more courage and more grace to do exploits for you in the name of Jesus. We thank you once again for Bishop Oko's life. Thank you for his family. All who are closely connected to him, we are grateful and blessed to have known someone like that. We thank you again. Satan, we rebuke you. In the coming week, we rebuke you. We rebuke you. We refuse to hear more bad news in the name of Jesus. We rebuke you, Satan. In the coming week, we shall all be here by the grace of God. Yes, this week will come and go, and we will all be here by the grace of God. In the name of Jesus. The Lord will preserve our going out and our coming in from this time forth and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. We thank God. Hallelujah.